0: So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for your awesomeness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that as each time that we encounter your word, that you open our eyes to see another facet of who you are. We thank you, God, that we understand the depth of who you are in our hearts, God. And that because we understand that we have the ability to believe all things and see those things manifest. We thank you, God, that we do not grow weary in well-doing, but we thank you for Holy Spirit that encourages us encourages us, and gives us the strength to continue to believe. We thank you, God, that right now in the name of Jesus, that we are not led by our, our, our flesh or by our senses, but we stay focused on your word and the vision that you've told us. And we will not, we will uh, Terry, until we see what you have said. And we thank you for that now in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So let's get started. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to talk about though it tarries, wait on it, though it tarries, wait on it. And I'm just going to talk to you based off some things that I've been talking to myself about the Lord been talking to me about, uh, because there's so many things, uh, that God may have told you that you can have, or there are things that you're pursuing. And one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do is wait. Uh, It's difficult. And the Bible tells us not just to wait, but to wait patiently. And that word patient means to be consistent, right? That doesn't just mean that you sit there and do nothing. Uh, That doesn't mean that you just just uh, watch TV all day while you expect God to go out and magically make something happen for you. That's not what he's saying. He says, but though it tarries, wait on it. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight, because this is the year that we're going to see great things. Right. This is the year that victories will pile up. And God says, don't forget to remember who got you there. He reminds us, don't panic. Don't rush, right? Don't be in fear. He says, "I'm the Lord and I'll see you through." He said, "This year you will see the things that you'll pray for." That's what it says. Y'all know I'm going to look up to my right cuz I got it right there. He says, "For these are the days that I prepared for you. You are ready, you are blessed, you are ready and you shall win." And so with that comes this year that there may be promises that God has given you, and you're like, oh, you're growing impatient. You're like, how long is this going to take? And so I want to talk to you tonight, all right? And so in our world, we are set up to be satisfied immediately, right? I ordered a new phone today, and it was like, it won't be here to February 28th, And I'm like, my Lord, why does it got to take so long? Can't you just put it in the mail and overnight it tomorrow? Why? Because we are just so used to it. Uh, if you look at restaurants now, uh, CJ said, "Talk to me." <laughs> it ain't just you, CJ. It ain't just you. I promise, brother. Uh, if you look at our economy, not our economy, but our uh, society, restaurants have clocks in them that time how long it takes from the time you order to the time you get the food. Food, right? If, if you like me. Uh, and you are an Amazon Prime member, you know we we upset if something comes after them two days. We we really now that we got a prime uh warehouse in Arkansas, I'm looking for the one-day deals, right? Why? Because we want everything fast. Uh, did you know? Here's a quick fact. So I like facts when I'm doing things when I was studying this. There is 197,653 fast food restaurants in the United States. All right. So you might as well let's just round up to 198,000 restaurants in the united states and the average time to get your food is 4.5 minutes so every day you're like oh i gotta rush and get breakfast i gotta rush to get lunch i gotta rush rush to get that why because we are used to it and then you come over here to the things that the lord has told us you like well why can't the lord uh produce this like mcdonald's did Uh, I went and got my coffee this morning. It took about three minutes. I got on my app. I did my thing. I drove through the line. Hey, I got an order from Marlo. Paid over the app and I had my coffee and I was gone because that's what we're used to. But in the kingdom, it's a little different. In the kingdom, tell your neighbor, sometimes you have to wait, but waiting isn't a bad thing. Sometimes you have to wait, but waiting isn't a bad thing sometimes you have to wait but waiting isn't a bad thing and so for some of us though wait is like a four letter bad word you know like one of them cuss words you mean i gotta wait if you get if you go to line? i mean some of y'all have to just say you know what i'm not even going to that restaurant the to line too long i'm not even going to do this why because the line too long you have forfeited things you desire simply because the line too long and it's the same thing with the kingdom of god how many words of God have you forfeited because the line was too long, right? How many things have you given up on because you just had to wait longer than your flesh desired to wait, all right? So though it tarries though, wait on. A couple more cool facts because I just like, I like facts. On average, 20 minutes a day, most Americans spend on the train. You know, in Arkansas, we ain't doing that. You ain't riding a train anywhere in Arkansas, but those are a big city people. You average 32 minutes waiting on a doctor, right? You know how to wait for some things. 28 minutes you wait when you go through security lines. This was in 2017. So we know that's outdated. Here's one that I thought was funny. And I was like, and April may get me, so forgive me, babe. You spend 21 minutes waiting for your significant other to get ready to go out. <laughs> say say raise his hand and thing. I'm not sure about y'all, but that sometimes it's double that, right? So you know how to wait on some things. How do you know how to wait? You know when you was going on that vacation this summer, and there was a wreck on the interstate, or there's a road closure. You waited. Why did you wait? Because there was something you were expecting at the end. You know, some of y'all waited on boo. You know, y'all had date set up, and and they didn't show up on time. You just didn't abandon. That, why? Because you wanted to see Boo. Some of you guys have waited in lines for concerts and things like in movies and all those things. Why? You waited because at the end of it, you already saw yourself enjoying it. And a lot of times we give up on the things of God because we don't see ourselves enjoying it when when God said that we can have it. Right. When uh, we went for dad's birthday, we, we went to the Alabama game. Uh, And when we brought the tickets, we were already talking about how excited we were to get to go to the game, how fun it was going to be. Why? Because the vision was giving us hope. The vision was giving us desire. The vision was the thing that drove us not to give up on the promise. Right. Right. But so many of us don't have a vision about what God has said. God said, you can have a house. You're not looking for a new house. You're not hearing God on how to apply for the house. You're not doing any of that. So though God gave you a word, it doesn't come to pass and you grow weary because there is no faith attached to the thing that God has said. We understand that faith begins where the will of God is known. And so you can know the will of God, but if you don't believe it and attach attach your Faith to it, then there will be no hope, there will be no desire, and there will be nothing that fuels you to keep believing in the in the event that adversity shows up. And, and uh my Davina's pregnant right now. Uh, and so she ain't thinking like, Oh, I wish I'd have a baby. They're in preparation to receive the thing that's growing on inside of her, the little girl that's growing on inside of her. And so when God gives us a vision, though we know it tarries, and see, sometimes it's easier, like, oh, I only got to carry this baby 40 weeks, and then it gives birth, and you're like, okay, I could do that. Everything with the kingdom of God doesn't have a time limit, but you got to trust God enough that he'll do what he said he'll do. God can be trusted. So though you may experience some delays, you got to wait on them. Though the traffic backs up, you waited on that vacation. Why? Because you saw yourself at the end. And that's a question that I have for you. Any The things that God have told you that you could have, how often do you picture yourself, right, enjoying the fruit of God's word? God, I thank you that I'm dead delivered. I see myself walking, on oh, no man, nothing but the love of. Him. I see myself being able to give to every good work and charitable donation. I see myself giving most of my income, sowing into the kingdom, but the part I have left over is still so abundant that I live the best life. Do you see yourself doing that? Because if you can't see yourself in the word that God has given you, you will grow weary and you will faint. And so you already know what the scripture for tonight is Hebrews 2 and 3. It says this For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Let me read that out of New Living Translation for you. This vision is for a future use, future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. And we know that word patient means consistent. For it will surely take place, it will not be delayed. What we got to understand is this, faith brings expectation. Expectations create a sense of hope and desire. Hope and desire help to maintain patience in waiting. And so if you don't start out having faith, then you won't have any expectation. And if you don't have any expectation, you don't have any hope and you don't have a desire. And if you don't have a hope and a desire, your patience were our sins. The Bible says, let patience have our perfect work and you'll be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. But so many of us refuse to implore patience because we never extend our faith to believe God. And so we're just going to talk about a few people that uh, tarried and they saw the promises of God because that's what I want you to understand, that in 2022, that you will not, don't grow weary. In 2022, you got to choose to stand forever so that you won't have to stand for a long time, because the enemy gets you caught up, because we simply give in to our flesh. We give in to the time constraints of the earth. We give in to what society said, the time frame in which society says things should happen, and that's the thing that guides our faith, but God never told you that faith had anything to do with time. And that's not a message for tonight, but faith has nothing to do with time. Faith actually supersedes time. Because if you understand, faith brings into existence the things that God has already finished before he ever created the earth. So by faith, I can have things show up in my life that that in time shouldn't happen for me, right? That's what you got to understand. So let's talk about Elijah, right? Because Elijah waited. It says Elijah's brook dwindled to only a several thread. We know the story of Elijah. Elijah said, declared there will be a drought. God told him, hey, go, go live by the brook and I'll take care of you there. And so here Elijah finds himself by the brook and he's being fed by the brook, watered by the brook and ravens are bringing him meat in the morning. And then he's been, he's drinking from the brook and ravens are bringing him meat in the evening. And so at at some point it dwindled up. The the brook drip dwindled, and it was. And if Elijah was like most of us, we will say, "Okay, God, now what 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 you doing? You told me to go over here, God. Now the water done dried up. The bird ain't coming by no more with my meat." And and you get frustrated. You catch an attitude. You have you have. If y'all are honest with yourself, I'm going to talk about me. You feel abandoned, right? And because you feel abandoned you feel you got an attitude you feel frustrated it prevents you from hearing god on your next step because why he's like god left me he told me to come over here to this brook and now this brook dried up i mean what am i supposed to do and so you get so upset you get so uh uh frustrated with god that you don't have the ability to hear god what you got to understand is wait how patiently So what I got to do is be consistent and believe in God that the same God that brought me to the brook will be the same God that brings me another solution. The same God that healed me the first time will be the same God that healed me the second time. The same God that delivered the children of Israel will be the same God that delivered me from my problems. Why? Because he's a God of consistency. So I can wait patiently on God because he can be trusted. But here's the question I want you to ask. Is my attitude keeping me from receiving my next step? Is me being frustrated with God keeping me from hearing God about my next step? Is me, is me. (laughs) Is the fact that I feel like God abandoned me keeping me from hearing God about my next step? Why? Because if we let our emotions get involved, it causes us to not hear God. You're either going to hear your emotions and your sensual self, or you're going to hear your spiritual man talking to you. You can't listen to two things at once. You can't focus on that, right? In your mind right now, I want you to think of a color, whatever color you want to think about, all right? Now, I want you to think of the color blue. When I said think of the color blue, what happened to the color you're thinking about? If it wasn't blue, it changed why because it's impossible to focus on two things so if i'm focusing on the fact that god brought me to conway and and now it was good but now things don't look as great in conway and i feel like god abandoned me and i'm focusing on abandonment i'm focused on the fact that god i guess i don't know if god know what he's doing if i'm being frustrated and i got an attitude about not seeing things and i don't hear god if i don't shift my focus to focusing on god then I will stay in a place that God doesn't want me to be in because there's no more nourishment. But Elijah said, no, God, I hear you. You have caught, you have commanded a widow woman to sustain me. So Elijah packed up and left. And see, a lot of us don't like that. You're like, well, God, you called me here. Then now it's time to leave. Yeah, because the resource is gone. See, a lot of y'all got friends right now that you shouldn't have because that time and that season for that friend is gone. That time and that season for that job is gone. That time and that season uh, for that relationship is gone. You know, the time and season for things change. And God is consistently telling us, but we got to trust God and have faith in God that we will tarry. Why? Because we know where to show up. The vision is going to show up. So unlike Elijah, most people would have devised a plan for our own lives, similar to Abraham and Sarah. So we would have been like, look God, this brook and dried up,, uh, I'm about to go over here to this river, right? I'm about to go over here to this to this camp. And so that's what Abraham and Sarah did, you know, Abraham was given a promise to have a child. Abraham and Sarah was given a promise to have a child. Abraham and Sarah grew impatient and waiting. They decided to take matters into their own hands and make the promise come to pass. How many of you got, I'm gonna raise both my hands? How many of y'all have ever tried to make the promise come to pass? Man, I have tried to make the promise come to pass. But here's the thing that you're gonna, and I'll explain it in a second. God doesn't accept counterfeit. God doesn't accept counterfeits. God does not accept counterfeits. And that's misspelled, so I'm going to fix that. God does not accept counterfeits. There's no substitute, y'all hear this, there's no substitute to using your faith. There's no substitute to using your faith. There's no substitute. You creating your own thing, if you didn't do it in faith, then it's not what God promised and he's not obligated to sustain you through it. There is no scheme you can create that will produce what God has said you can have Under the conditions, God said you can have them. So you can get something, Ishmael, that looks like what God told you can have, but it isn't what God told you can have. Proverbs 22 says it like this. The blessing of the Lord brings true riches. He adds no sorrow to it, for it comes as a blessing from God. See, when you operate and do the things God wants you to do the way God wants you to do them, then there is no sorrow added to it. See, a lot, and I like, I talk about relationships. We're in February too, and it's Valentine's Day next week. So uh, don't find a boo just to get a gift. I'll tell you, it's not worth it. Um, but don't find a boo just to get a gift. It's just not worth it. So anyway, a lot of times you have sorrow in relationships because you have made somebody your boo that God ain't said your boo. You have made a job that was supposed to be temporary Permanent, and God is trying to tell you to leave, and you're wondering why you. Hey, let me um, let me preface this. I'm not telling you to leave your job. Don't don't take that as. Ooh, Pastor, I said this is a freedom to leave. No, I'm saying if God said, hey, this was a job, you made forty thousand dollars. Your next job you made sixty five, but God promised you eighty. Well. You're not at 80. So God may say, hey, go apply for the new job. You may be like, oh, God, I love this job so much. I love the people. I love the people, what I get to do. And God said, well, you're not where you're supposed to be. I need you to apply for another job. But you stay in a place God has told you to leave. And I'm talking to myself. I remember one time, man, I cried over a job uh i had to leave the job so i get it i'm just telling you i mean i get it uh i'm a people person i love people but don't let people be your excuse to disobey god when he say move you move and so some of us find ourselves in situations that are not uh that are not favorable to us even though it's a situation god told us to go to he is now telling us to do something else, and to stay in that place is now disobedience. And whatever you find yourself in disobedience, or where we find ourselves in sin, we know death is also present. And so, ask yourself if you're if you're experiencing some things that you like, man, I thought God called me to this, or man, I know I heard God. What is God saying now? You know, what is God saying now? So we got to understand that the blessing of the Lord makes us rich and it adds no sorrow to it. So if God told me that this is the person for me, then I don't got to worry about the rest of it. If God told me this is the city for me, then I don't got to worry about the rest of it. If God told me that this is the amount of money I should sow, then I don't have to worry about it. Why? Because when I do the things the Lord wants me to do, then he will add uh, the blessing, will be ensured that I have no sorrow with it. I I can't, I can't be broken as a tither and as a giver. Like, even if adversity shows up, even if unexpected bills show up, like if, let me shout out OSC, Operation Snow Cookie. Listen, you, you don't have to ever worry about, ever worry about not having enough because what you just did is the perfect example of how faith works. You remember that call we made that Tuesday night? when we only had just almost enough of meeting our goal. Y'all remember that call? You remember on that call, we said what? We said, don't panic, don't be in fear, and don't rush. And you remember just 24 hours later, everything we needed came through. Why? Because God had given us a word that this was what we were going to do. And just because it was close to the end, it was not time to grow weary. It was not time to faint. You stand on what the word has said. You don't panic. You don't be in fear. You don't rush. Why? I have prepared for you. It says, uh, and these, I will, what was the part about prayer? These coming days are the days that you have prayed for. So these were the days that we have prayed for. Why? Because it's the thing that the Lord has said. And you know what we did in OSC? Every day almost, every week, I know for sure. I can say every week. Every week we kept the vision before. We can't wait to get past Ellen and Pastor Sean that give. Oh, look how you know they're gonna be excited. Why? You had we had faith, and what did that faith do? What did that faith do? That faith brought us encouragement. That faith brought us hope. That faith brought us a desired image, right? And so we kept on and we kept on, right? And when the vision looked like it wasn't coming to pass as we wanted to. We just thank God that it was going to happen. And so, so many times in this patiently waiting, it is not a time to sit and do nothing. It's a time to praise God for his finished work. It's a time to thank God that he's already done everything that he has said. It's a time to thank God that he is a keeper of his word and that because his word is immutable, he cannot lie, he cannot change. Then if he told us and he swore by itself that he'll do it, then it has to come to pass. Past. the only thing that interferes with manifestation is your ability to believe and so what we got to do is choose not to interfere with what god is doing like abraham and sarah did so abraham was given a promise to have a child and sarah uh abraham and sarah grew patient and then you got to understand that between the time that they were told that they'll have a child and the time ish uh they decide to go into the hand mating it had been about 11 years. So it wasn't like God gave them a word uh, in 2020. And then it's 2022. And they're like, oh, Sarah. he like, oh, go sleep with my, uh, my my slave. That's That wasn't the word. They had waited about 11 years is what the historians say. And so Sarah was like, I guess this thing just ain't going to work out. So go in there and sleep with my handmaiden. And then they birthed a child, right? And y'all know about Ishmael. All right. That's not the purpose of the lesson tonight. But it, but the thing is they did something out of their flesh to produce a promise of God. So let's talk about that. There's no substitute for using your faith, right? There's no scheme you can create that will produce what God said you can have under the conditions God said you can have. That's what we talked about. All right. Works birth through our impatience with God is a mere counterfeit of the real and can cause problems. Any work I do through my flesh to birth the premises of God can cause, a, it's called a counterfeit and it usually cause problems. And the reason it happened for Abraham is that he lost focus of the vision, right? He knew that God said that he wanted to have a child, but he lost focus on the fact that God said that he's going to have a child with Sarah. How do we know that? Genesis 17 and 15 says it this way in the International Children's Bible God said to Abraham I got I God said to Abraham I will change the name of Sarah your wife her name will be Sarah I will bless her I will give her a son and you will be the father that was the vision but Abraham lost focus on the vision he lost focus of part of it he said okay I am supposed to have a child but that whole part about with Sarah Abraham let that go because why you do understand it was Sarah that convinced Abraham or told Abraham to go into his handmaid, right? Abraham was like, Bet, I got you. He did it. How many of your well-meaning friends? See, that I told Pastor Edwin, I saw the Pastor Edwin the other day about something. I don't ever want to be that well-meaning friend that, that talks to you about and gets you to lose focus of what God said. God said that Abraham and Sarah have a child sarah said it's not coming to pass after 11 years so let's just do it another way and they did it but tell your neighbor this details matter you gotta do it the way god said do it you gotta do it the way god said do it the child was to come from sarah but after 11 years of waiting they devised a plan for the handmaiden ishmael the child from the flesh wasn't able to receive what god intended for isaac to receive so let's talk about that so they had ishmael right but ishmael was the firstborn ishmael was all that but but god talks about how ishmael wasn't it isaac was it and all the prom. now ishmael was kind of blessed but the bible says the covenant went through isaac why because the that isaac was the one that was birthed through the promise. And so many times you have made something in your flesh and you expected God to bless it. But what you got to understand is this, God is not required to bless things of your flesh. If you chose to apply for the job and you chose to take the job and God didn't tell you to do it, he is not obligated to bless you on that job. If you chose boo and God didn't tell you to take boo, and you married boo, and God didn't tell you to marry boo. God is not obligated to bless you and boo. If you didn't tithe, right? And you chose to take the money and bless the homeless, but God told you to tithe, then you still disobedient. And so many times what we want to do, we want to make human fleshly decisions like Abraham and Isaac did with Ishmael, and we want God to bless that. And God said, no, you do understand that Ishmael was only blessed because of his father, Isaac. I mean, his father, Abraham. That's why he was blessed. But he wasn't blessed like Isaac, though. Isaac got all the birthrights and all that. Why? Because he was the one that's of the covenant. Like Abraham, you got to get back to your vision. Your covenant blessing is tied up in you carrying out the vision as written by God. We have to understand anything not birthed by God is contrary to God. Anything not birthed by God is contrary to God. We cannot keep possession of non-kingdom things. Make this confession say, I release, oh, we cannot keep possession of non-kingdom things. They lead to death. I release everything that's not of the kingdom. I release everything that's not of the kingdom. I release everything that's not of the kingdom. Why? Because I don't want to be like Achan over there in Joshua 7. I mean, bringing bring death to things. Why? Because I'm touching things that God don't want me to touch. I'm involved in things that God don't want me involved in. And let me help some of you super saints. I'm not talking about the big sins, right? I'm talking about you being on a board that God didn't call you to be on. Well, God don't volunteer, but God didn't tell you to do that. Now you're wondering why your time is restricted, uh, uh, limited. Now you're wondering why you got this extra stress. Why Now you're wondering why all these things are occurring. Sin is sin. Sin is simply doing anything that God didn't tell you to do. I'm talking about sin such as God told you not to eat that. Sin such as God told you not to go watch that movie. Sin like God told you not to go over to their house. Sin like God told you to wear your mask. Well, I didn't get COVID, but it's still sin because God told you to do it and you ain't doing it. For all the super saints that ain't doing drugs and fornicating and shacking and and all that. All y'all ain't doing that. Sin is sin. Sin is saying, God, I think that me staying on this job is okay even though I know you told me to go. Sin is not showing up when God asks you to show up. All that is sin. And so, so many times we want to make sin about the, the big things. But sin is also not apologizing to your spouse when God told you you was wrong. That's sin. Anything God asks us to do. And so what we got to choose to do is let those things go. We got to choose to understand Jeremiah 29, 11. I say this because I know what I plan for you. Says the Lord, I have a good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. I tell anybody. If you want a very plain version, that International Children's Bible version, I, I mean, Bible, it's pretty plain. I say this because I know what I have planned for you. God's saying, though it tarries, wait on it. Why? Because I know what I have planned for you. Though it tarries, I want you to wait on it. Why? Because I got really good plans for you. Though it tarries, wait on it because I have no plans to hurt you. I plan to give you a hope and a good future. That's what he's saying. Though it tarries. I need to wait on it because I will wait on God when I trust God. Today, I asked April. I said, April, babe, uh, would you bring me something home to drink? And she said, yeah, baby, I got you. I never thought about whether I was going to have a drink later. Why? Because April's tried and true. She has proven to me that over the last 23 years, that if she give me her word to do something, then she's going to do it. Unless something comes up and she just can't, right? And so what we got to do is have a relationship with God the same way you you trust some people. Because let's just be honest, because you know, I'm all about honesty. Some of y'all trust uh, people more than you do God. And it's not because you want to, it's because of who you spent the most time with. You spent so much time with that best friend that you would trust that best friend more than God. So, the way that you fix that is you start spending more time with God and you start doing what He says do so that you can see what He said that you can have. That's what Operation OSC did. They gave, I'll be honest, when Pastor Chris and, and April and Shantae first told me about what they, we were going to do for pastors, I said, For who? I'm like, Huh? And, and, and because I was like, man, that's big. And so I had to get to the point where I meditated on it. And I was like, okay, God, you're bigger than anything. Okay, God, this is, not, this, is, this is such a small thing in your eyes. We can do that. And so I had to align my faith that gave me an expectation. And that expectation lead, led to hope and desires so that I was able to help lead you all who was in OSC to the finished work. We all are believing God. We all got to make sure that we tarry because the vision will come to pass. That's right, dumb beloved, encore. So declare this. I love what God loves and I despise what God despises. I love what God loves and I despise what God despises. If you believe what God told you, be strong in him and in the power of his might. Refuse the enticement of alternative schemes and plans, even as well-meaning as they may be as you wait upon the Lord. I should have put that in there. I'm going to copy and paste that. Oh, Chris got it. I'm going to read that to y'all. Hold on, let me find it. If you believe what God told you, be strong in him and in the power of his might. Refuse the enticement of alternative schemes and plans even as well meaning as they may be as you wait upon the Lord. So there's going to be some things that look good. There are going to be some things that sound good and they're going to look good and sound good based off the society we live in, you know, based off the company you keep. Because you're, I mean, we all know, I mean, if you look at your friends and their environment, those are going to be the things influencing you. And so what you got to understand is that is what God telling me, Completely aligned to the advice I'm getting. And that's why you got to have some good people, right? You got to have some good people in your life. To like, I always ask you, what did God say? Did God tell you to do that? Or did God tell you not to do that? Like, what, what? I mean, why do you feel like you should do that? That'll ask you questions. You don't need no yes friends. If you got friends and all they ever say to you is yes, girl, yeah, you don't they ain't good friends because good friends tell you the truth. Good friends tell you that's stupid. Good friends say, dude, you out your mind. Now that friend, no well, don't tell you, that idea is stupid. You not stupid. The idea is stupid. Um, so that's what your good friends do. And so God being a good, y'all know we're a friend of God. I'm not sure about you, but God told me that ain't a good idea, Ralph. That that ain't what I want you to do, Ralph. Why? Because as a good friend, God's never going to put you in a situation where you don't come out on top. Now, what your flesh tells you is this, God keeping you away from stuff. That's why you can't tarry. You can't tarry because you think God's keeping you from stuff. You can't tarry because you think God is hiding things. You can't tarry because you think God wants you not to have fun. And so you just got to go out here and do this. You just got to go do it when you feel like doing it. Why? Because you feel like God is keeping something away from you. And he really is. He's keeping an average life away from you. He's keeping a mediocre life away from you. He's keeping debt away from you. He's keeping offense and unforgiveness away from you. He's keeping a lack of peace and depression and dismay and distress away from you. Everything God has given us is leading us to an abundant life. But as long as we put our fleshly thinking into it, we always are going to question God because the flesh wants what it wants when it wants it. And so even those close to you can be used as instruments of the enemy to abort your God-given vision. We go back to it. You gotta tame your team. You have to tame your team. So, so an Ishmael may happen. You may do some things, right? That like Abraham and Sarah did to produce what God has said. They may happen along the way, but you gotta get back to it and remain steadfast. Uh, and God, no matter how long it takes, and the promise will come to pass totally and completely, right? So I think Pastor Tony told Pastor Edwin this, and Pastor Edwin told us, it says, I mean, you're going to miss God, basically, no matter how, if you follow God in your whole life, you're going to miss God, but missing God once doesn't give you an excuse to replicate that behavior. Missing God once doesn't give you the excuse to replicate the behavior. Missing God once, I'm saying some of that for me, so so y'all just bear with me, doesn't give you permission to replicate the behavior. You're right, Pastor When you allow folks close to you who don't value God's word, they will try to talk you right out of the will of God. And here's the thing. That's why you got to know the word for yourself, but you also got to know your friends. Your friends won't even necessarily intentionally mean what bad, right? So, and I'll say it this way. If I take the RAF from, I'm 38 today. So if I take the RAF probably from even five years ago, right? And I allow that RAF to give the RAF today advice, that RAF would talk me, it wouldn't have been the OSC. Let me help you. Ain't no way I could have done that. Why? Because, and I wouldn't even been trying to be ill-willed towards my current self. It's just that my knowledge at that time on how God supplies and my knowledge on that time, how money flows in and out, my knowledge at that time that money is one of the easiest things to possess was not like it is today. So some of your friends don't even mean, some of them do. Let me stop because I heard, some of them do. Some of them wanting you to fail some people are just looking out like ooh, that girl she up here talking about she a woman of god he a man of god they mm-hmm, i see them I, let me help you some people was uh, ooh, some people was just over there at osc just like mm, they ain't gave it down they didn't do nothing they just watching things to see if that gonna happen they gonna be able to pull that off right that that's what some people were doing right? Some people just do that. You don't even pay them no attention. I did. I said attention, not attention. You don't pay them no attention. Why? Because what well, we made a decision to do, and you got to make a decision to do as well in your life, and OSC, we was like, you know what? The bus is going to the destination. Whoever want to get on the bus can go, and whoever don't want to go can get off like or don't get on at all. But we not we not we not caring. And so so many times you pay more attention to those who are not rooting for you. You pay more attention to those that are not buying your products, who ain't signing up to your classes. Instead of appreciating the people that are signing up and going to find the people that God has sent you to be your tribe. Let me help some of y'all. Release them family members. Listen, just because we, and, and y'all can come from me because I really don't care. Just because we family and come from the same, and, and I, I start at the top saying mama, daddy, grandpa, grandma, whatever doesn't give you the right, me, the obligation to stick to you when you are detrimental to my mental health. That's just bottom line. It's just bottom line. It ain't. You may not like it. It may not sound good. But some of y'all thinking there right now that you know that's true. You got people that's wearing you down. But 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 what black families sometimes do is like, well, blood is thicker than water. That ain't what that y'all 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 gotta go look. I can't do it right now. Y'all need to go look up the real meaning of that so that you understand. It may be worth it. What? Let me look it up. Blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb. Blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb. Pretty much it's saying a covenant. What me and said got, what me and Pastor Edwin got, what me and Kelvin and, and, and the fellas got, that's a blood of the covenant. And, the, and it says the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. So you know when the water breaks, you know where your baby is. So that's what the real saying says. But people saying blood is thicker than water. Blood of the covenant is thicker. So my covenant relationships. Now I can have, I can have covenant relationship with people that also are family members, right? I can have covenant relationship with them, right? Because you got people, but but that means blood of the covenant. We have covenant in our tribe. And see, some of you, I talk about that too, because I don't mind. Some of you are like, well, sometimes people seem real cliquish because that made covenant blood. Like, like you don't get to come in and just be part of covenant. That's not how that works. That's like, like, and it goes with churches. It goes with anything. So many people just want to like, oh, I want to, I want to have it like such and such have it. Well, there's, there's blood covenant there. There, there, there's time spent. Cause we are talking about tearing, though it tears weight on it. Some of y'all abandon things that you're not willing to stick out the time needed to establish a covenant with anything. You just want to join. You just want to pay your dues and join. That ain't how it works. That's just not how it works. So, you gotta understand it. God wants to have covenant with us, but if we're not willing to have covenant with God, then we don't get the benefits in which God has for us. All right. So, let me get some water. I'm just, I just try to help people. And here's the other thing. Unless God tell you to stay in situations, you need to go places where people build you up. Now, God will put you in a situation for you to be the light and to encourage people and to build them up. But, uh, but some of y'all just need to evaluate your friends. You stress because the people you hang around. I mean, yeah. Like, if you dating somebody right now and y'all not married, that means you single and they stressing you out right now, baby, like, why? Why enter into a covenant with them? Why? So anyway, let's talk about Noah and let's finish for tonight. It said Noah waited. All right. Noah's our other example of somebody who tarried, right? Though it tarries, wait on it. And you can go to Genesis 6 and, and read about it. But God told Noah that he was going to bring flood waters to the earth, and he instructed Noah to build an ark. It must have seemed like a long time for Noah because he was waiting on the floods. <laughs> he was doing all this. And we know 120 years later from Noah getting a word to uh, the flood coming was 120 years. So Noah spent a good time tearing, you know, but he, Noah understood this. If God told me it would happen, then I know it's going to happen. So I'm going to consistently do what he says do. Or in other words, I'm going to wait patiently. Waiting patiently meant for Noah meant. I'm going to still keep building this boat i ain't no rain coming but i'm going to still keep building this boat they ain't called me about the job but i'm going to still keep applying they ain't call, i ain't found boo yet but i'm gonna still keep myself open i i ain't made it to a hundred thousand dollars yet but i'm gonna still keep Producing more income. I ain't debt free yet, but I'm going to still keep paying off these bills as I go. You know what? My mind ain't completely whole. The Lord told me I can have it, but I'm going to wait on the Lord and I'm going to do what I can now. I'm going to read books on how to meditate and to calm myself. I'm going to, so I'm not anxious. I'm going to tame my environment. I'm going to eat better because my eating also impacts my emotional well being, right? Waiting patiently is not sitting doing nothing waiting patiently has been consistent and moving towards the thing that god has told you you can have and here's the great thing even if you mess up trying to get to where god wants you to be he won't throw you away look at abraham and sarah they don't they did it the wrong way but god didn't throw the promise away he they just they recalibrated, right and they got back on the path and got back on the promise and they got the thing that god has said And now we got Jesus through the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We got him here. So don't get upset and beat yourself up if you make an Ishmael. Get back so that you can get your Isaac. So the interesting thing that you got to understand, though, in 1 Peter 3 and 20, it says this. God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. So you think you're the only one waiting. God's waiting on you. Like, how? God's waiting on me. Yeah, he's waiting on you to hear. He's waiting on you to believe. He's waiting on you to obey. Y'all know what Matthew 13 and 15 says. If don't, write it down. Go read it later. You know what it says, right? God is waiting. The Bible says God waited patiently in the days of Noah. Why was he waiting patiently? Why? Because he has given Noah an opportunity to manifest the promise so that when he sent the rain, it would show up. Some of you are frustrated with God because you haven't received that freedom. Some of you are frustrated with God because you haven't received the financial breakthrough. Some of you are frustrated with God because you ain't married. Some of you are frustrated with God because of X. And see, what you got to understand is God has given you time to get things together. you like, it. Show me the word. Glad you asked. Isaiah 30 and 18. And therefore will the Lord wait. Why is he waiting? That he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. There are things. Oh, for the Lord is a good God of judgment. Blessed are they that wait on him. There are things, right, that God wants to get to you. But where you are right now, you don't even deserve to have them. So what God is saying is, I'm going to be patient with Ralph. I'm going to give Ralph the opportunity to believe me. I'm going to give Ralph the opportunity to hear me yet again. I'm going to keep saying the same word to Ralph until Ralph passes the test because I I am waiting patiently for Ralph to inherit the debt deliverance that I paid for from the foundations of the world because I had already done it. Man, I'm just waiting on Chris. I'm waiting on Maisie. I'm waiting on Courtney. I'm waiting on Karen. I'm waiting on Jamie just to believe me. You ain't the only one waiting. The Bible says that the, the earth is in uh, groans and expectation for the manifestations of the sons of God. Though it tarries, wait on it. Why, God could have abandoned us a long time ago. But the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He saw the end before the beginning. He tarried through infinity and still decided to wait on us. How's he waiting? He sent his son Jesus with an expectation that we will receive Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior so that we can spend eternity with him. He's waiting on us. And so, what we got to understand is that in this wait, we grow up, in this wait, we mature. And that's why God says, spend time in my word. Spend time in my word. He is trying to get us to the point that he could be gracious to us. All right, Galatians 6 and 9. Y'all know that from last year. Let us not grow weary in well-doing for the proper time. We will reap and harvest if we do not what? Give up, though it tarries, wait on it. And then the last scripture goes right at our hour. Isaiah 40 verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength right they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint so when i choose to tarry though it tarries wait on it when i choose to wait patiently the word wait patiently means to wait how consistently so if god told you that this is the year right for x to happen i and, and we know that thing. we're in faith we can expect a plan of action we can expect wisdom we can expect favor we can expect strength to endure to change because we can expect a miracle we can expect those things right and so when i'm in faith i'm asking god what do i need to do next god and if i don't hear anything from god i maintain my course that's what waiting patiently so god said hey this is your year to get a new job i want you applying for new jobs and uh you six months in and you ain't got the job yet. And it ain't time to stop applying for new jobs until God tells you to stop. So many times we just quit because it doesn't manifest in the time frame in which we desire. Though it tarries, wait on it. Your vision, the things that God have told you have already been done in the heaven. And what we got to understand is the tarrying gives time for manifestation in the earth. Uh, Because I'm in my hour, I'm not going to talk about a lot lot tonight, but what we got to understand is that faith supersedes time. So we got to understand that our faith has the ability to make up for time. So let's say you're 50 and you didn't do everything right. You made poor decisions. Your faith, if you get in tune with God, has the ability to cause you to inherit Every single thing that you lost and put you at the place you should have been had you did everything the way God called you to do it. Why? Faith is a construct of heaven. There is no time in heaven. So if I get in faith, my faith has the ability to produce now in earth whatever I need because it's already done in heaven. But what we do when we get in faith sometimes, we give faith a time limit. Faith has no limit in time. Pastor Sean said, "I'm a witness. He'll catch you up. Yes, he will. Hallelujah. Yes, he will. So that's that's the word for the night, though it carries weight on it. Your faith will supersede time. That's good, CJ. It's never too late. Because I'll be I'll be honest about myself. Sometimes I look at myself and I'm just like, dude, whoo, you 38." You should have done this and this and that and that. And what you got to do is just go back and say, God, I didn't do it all right. And Ralph, I forgive you for not doing it all right. But what we choose to uh, focus on today is the fact that my faith will catch me up. Y'all go ahead and type that. Say my faith will catch me up. My faith will catch me up. That's the story I was actually looking for, Pastor uh, Edwin, the Seraphonician woman. Uh, y'all can go read that. He put it in there, Mark 7, verses 24 through 30. There it is. Y'all can go read that as Bible study this week, or devotional. Y'all can read that. But your my faith to catch me up. I just got to not grow weary in well-doing. And so, and like I said, most of the messages I teach, I teach for me uh, because it's what I'm studying, but I also share with you. So we got some things to do as far as just don't grow weary. And you're like, well, breakfast, just February. Right. But what have God already told you you can have that you don't have? Right. What is it? Every day, God is growing us up every day. So I'm not going to belabor that. Let's move on to the announcements. Y'all know every day at FOC, we, we give, literally. People are giving every day. Now, whether you are giving every day is up to you. You should be giving every day to something. I would encourage you, whether that's a giving of a word, giving of money, buying somebody uh, coffee, whatever. Why? Every day I want to harvest, so every day I sow seed. So there's ways to give. Give a five, push, pay, tally, and text to give. Uh, and then if you are an international partner, you can give via PayPal at N W A at gmail.com. So at FOC, we have 100% Tigers. We we brag about that. And he was like, well, uh, uh, I know everybody in Tiger, because I'm not tired. Well, that's just you, right? But that's our faith confession. That's what we believe. So at FOC, we have 100% tired because OSC will tell you when everybody show up and do what God tells them to do, then everything you ever need will always come to pass. And that's why I challenge you. like, Don't not give. All right? I got to do partnership. If you are a partner, make sure that you become a partner by going to uh, focchurch.com and uh, pound Sound partner dash form or just scroll down to the middle of the page and complete the partnership form partnership has its privileges what is partnership is when you and you and foc in tandem join together to uh pr- to deliver the gospel of the uh, good news of jesus christ around the world everybody benefits in partnership I see uh man that's the whole message in itself a lot of you don't got partnerships in life you got parasites uh, parasitic relationships. You're giving of yourself to so many people, and these people are not reciprocating anything back to you. That is not a partnership. That's a liability. So, but anyway, uh, make sure you're giving. Make sure you come to the. Uh, you become a partner. Make sure you join us Saturday, February the twelfth. This Saturday at ten a.m. for Victor's. Zone. And I, I encourage you. Like uh, if you have the ability to teach uh, young kids do so uh go to Victory Zone you can go look at some of the lessons I posted new lessons today you can go look at some of the lessons kind of see how things flow before Saturday uh so that you have an idea then I'll talk to you about it I'll tell you how things are set up and all that because we're looking for some good teachers hopefully we can have eight good teachers at least so that everybody can only have to teach one lesson every two months and that'll be that'll be pretty cool all right, but if not, we'll keep doing. I mean, not if not, we're going to have multiple teachers to be able. See, so I have to fix my talk too because it's it real easy to go back into doubt. We'll have enough teachers to be able to have a healthy rotation, where people aren't having to do it over and over. Why? Because kids are important to God, therefore, kids are important to us. And so we, we thank God in advance for our multiple volunteers to be able to uh, take care of Victory Zone. All right. So that's that. All right. So those are all the announcements. Man, we're getting better. We are hour five minutes in, and that includes a five-minute intro video. So anyway, I love you guys. Make sure that you're listening to the word. Make sure that you're praying in the Holy Spirit an hour a day. Make sure you're taking communion uh, regularly. Uh, and I love it because we took communion as our last live in OSC and somebody's like, I got my gummy, my gummy worm and something. And it's just it, it's the semblance of it, right? So don't be you don't gotta be all religious and like, well, I don't got the the look, what they call elements and all of that stuff. I don't have that. That's okay, right? It's okay. But take communion more often than number three, because I probably got them out of order. Read your word daily. And then number four was to pray in tongues an hour a day, all right? So that's what she challenged us to do. So make sure, oh, Pastor says she took communion with uh, Jordan today. Yeah, my kids love take communion. Like, Ava gets excited about taking communion. So take communion regularly, pray in tongues, uh, and then don't miss a service. So your next opportunity to join will be Friday morning at 6.30 a.m. All right so that's our next service i encourage you to be there set your alarms and remember what we said missing a service we're talking about live service if you're living breathing and don't have anything that i mean if you're driving don't be texting but you can just put it on right uh you don't even gotta look at it uh but if you get distracted don't watch and listen be safe right so but otherwise be there so friday be there sunday morning at 9 with pastor chris in the elder valley then come at 930 when Pastor Sean and Pastor Edwin come on for Sunday celebration. And then show up Monday, if you can, uh, for Pastor Sean with uh, Strategies for Success. And then Tuesday night prayer uh, at 8 p.m. All right. And then Wednesdays you know, we have Ignite and we have Refresh Bible studies. So show up for all those things uh, and, and avail yourself to studying the word. You guys be blessed. Remain grateful and stay hungry for the word of God. See you later.